We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Let's do it live. Live. It's the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll do it live. We call our early week edition the game plan. And as we start getting closer to the Big 12 championship, as we start getting closer to the finish line, we have reached the final leg of the 2019 college football season, which begs the inevitable question, where did it go? This is every year, man. You, you suddenly get to where you're like 7-1. and one. Are you wow. reflecting already? Yeah. there's. We just started November. Four games left in the year. Championship November, baby. Regular season. That's true. Yeah. They got the championship, got the final four, got the championship game. So, maybe got plenty seven, of games left. Maybe seven left. Maybe Chris. seven games left. Uh, bye week is now behind us. Kind of unique scheduling because we had two bye weeks this year. Where you typically have one. I was trying to remember. I think one year we had three bye weeks based on some unique scheduling going back. I don't remember that year. Every year runs together, so it doesn't, I guess, really matter. But in your final bye week, Toby Rowland, your final Saturday off until June. No, I think there's one in December maybe this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we sneak one in at Christmas time. All right, okay, yeah. fair enough then. But how was it? Good for you personally? Um, it was great. You know I'm dealing with a little bit of a, a back Playing issue. Playing through injury. We're, yeah, so uh, there's been a lot of uh, trying to avoid falling over <laughs> in my life. Is, is the next 30 minutes among those, or are we going to be okay here? No, as long as I sit still, I'm okay. It's the getting up that, that, will, be, that will be excruciating. So I may just sleep here tonight. So in, so in other words, when the, pod, when the podcast is over, cut to black. Yeah. There's no need to no. stay on us. And rush a nurse in as quick as possible. Uh, did we really learn anything 
over the weekend. By the way, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Mm -hmm. We do it live on Mondays. We put it on the podcast platform on Tuesdays. We do it live to hear from you. So comment with questions, reaction, thoughts you have on both Twitter and Facebook. Meg McDonald, our executive producer. Zach Tilly, his team lost Sunday. So obviously he's a little bit bitter today. I don't know. Who who knocked the Lions off? The Raiders. That would be the Raiders that beat the Lions this weekend. Um, but so anyway, get involved. We'd love to hear from you on the podcast. But did we really learn anything? Over the weekend or not? I mean, nobody of, of note at the top really played. LSU, Alabama, Ohio State all had bye weeks. I think uh, Oregon became a little more formidable this weekend. I know we're going to talk about Agreed. the playoff scenarios later on. Baylor was able to stay unbeaten, so that helps Oklahoma. They didn't look great on Thursday night, but uh, they were able to stay unbeaten. Kansas State looked good. You know, that kind of helps OU's resume a little bit, especially if they could uh, win out. But it was a pretty pedestrian weekend in, in college football. Not a lot of shuffling going on. To the last three weekends, we had major upsets every week. That didn't happen this week. Yeah, and you only had one matchup where two ranked teams were playing each other. But you arguably had two elimination games in the Pac-12 because, I mean, next loss for Utah or Oregon, they're most likely out. And they'll probably, what, I mean, they're going to face each other at some point this season. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's a fascinating trek out west. And then you know, Georgia-Florida wasn't necessarily all it was cracked up to be. I equated – I'm a NASCAR fan. Okay. Now, I know you don't watch a lot of NASCAR. No, not at all. But uh, as a NASCAR fan, there's points during the – Kenny Mossman will appreciate this – where you're watching these long green flag runs and you're like, I need a caution flag here. Get, I need a – just someone spin out. No crash. Don't want anyone to get hurt, but just a caution flag. I felt like Georgia-Florida needed about four caution flags just to bring the group back together because that was um, – a little bit of a brutal watch for both offenses on Saturday. But coming out of it, we'll talk about this in our 14 playoff projection, but Georgia controls its own destiny now. I think so. Yeah. Well, I think you, yeah. you look down the stretch of the they season, they win the they've SEC, got a they're going to be in. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Big win for them in the, uh, the Georgia-Florida regular kind of rivalry that they have in Jacksonville. So we'll talk more about that as we get into the 14 playoff. But you're not here to talk about anything from this past weekend. We're here to look back on Kansas State a little bit since we didn't get to last week and look ahead, obviously, to the big game on Saturday night back in primetime, 7 o'clock inside the Palace, Oklahoma and Iowa State. But, Toby, before we look ahead, let's start with point number one here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. What did we learn from the tough loss against Kansas State two weeks ago in Manhattan? I, you know, it Have was... You, I've forgotten about everything from that game, so this no. is going to be... It was shocking how Kansas State was able to move the football pretty much at will right. on, Oklahoma, on an Oklahoma defense that had looked so dominant this year. An Oklahoma defense that had been aggressive, that played downhill, that was in the backfield, that really took the game to their opponents. And all day in Manhattan, they were on skates. They were reacting to what a, a Kansas State offense that coming in was not impressive was doing to them. And it's a brilliant game plan that K-State had. I don't think Oklahoma adapted well at all. That's probably an obvious statement to what they were bringing at them. You know, the, the triangle or the diamond formation in the backfield, the unbalanced formation. They had the new little wrinkle with the guard. You see it right there. He goes right. He comes back left. A little trap play. Um, they took advantage of OU's aggressiveness. And until the fourth quarter, at least, Oklahoma didn't seem to be able to uh, counter it. And that was really surprising to me. Um, I thought it was surprising how little 
OU's tailbacks were involved in the game plan. I mean, Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon are big-time weapons for this team, and they were non-existent all day in that game. So you add it all up, and it equals an upset, and we've had a lot of days to stew in it. We don't need to talk about it a lot more. But I do think the, the fascinating thing now going forward is what team shows up in, in the Crimson uniforms on Saturday night. Are they ticked off? Was that a one-off terrible performance by the defense? And once again on Saturday, we see them wrecking havoc, wreaking havoc in the defensive or in the offensive backfield of Iowa State. Uh, is it an offense for OU that once again looks unstoppable? And boom, here we go. Oklahoma looks like a team that's set to run the table and be a factor in the college football playoff. Or has their confidence been rattled a little bit? Are they a little shaken by what happened to them up there? Did Kansas State uncover a weakness that Iowa State and future opponents can take advantage of? I hope it's the former. I hope it's that first option I threw out there. But we won't know until Saturday night. Kenneth Murray gave credit to the Kansas State offensive approach, which, again, was, was very unique. They, and, and you hear this a lot. They did a lot of things that they hadn't necessarily seen Kansas State do before. And trust me, I don't think Chris Kleiman was holding things for the Oklahoma game. I don't think he was going to risk a loss to Oklahoma State and Baylor just to have something to spring on Oklahoma. But it did appear as if they kind of sprung the Skylar Thompson running game. And he was at it again last week against Kansas. And they had not run him much at all outside of maybe the game in Starkville, which still wasn't a ton of carries for him. But I, they used Skylar Thompson effectively. And by the way, you look ahead, it's mobile quarterback after potentially yeah. mobile quarterback after mobile quarterback. Brock Purdy uh, is well, a I think example. Brock Purdy is a dual-threat quarterback like Skylar Thompson was, mm -hmm. is, and is a better one. I think Purdy's a better thrower of the football than Skylar Thompson was and is, and I think he might be a better runner, too. He's got six touchdowns on the year on the ground, so they're kind of going to get Skylar Thompson 2.0 this week. I think, it to me also, it, it's a reminder that – it, it, you just you, and not to say that this is what happened with OU by any stretch of the imagination, but we talk about it a lot in the NFL. We say it's a week-to-week -week league. College football is the same way. You know, you you are going to get every team's best effort when you go into their place as a top-five team and that interlocking OU on your helmet, and you've got to match their intensity. And sometimes when you have a team playing as flawlessly as Kansas State did, you make a couple of mistakes. They're going to take advantage of it now. Maybe you make a mistake at home, you're able to rally, get back at the crowd behind you. It's a different story. But on the road, that stuff can snowball, and unfortunately it's snowballed with you. on Saturday. Well, I agree with you except for one thing. I, I think Oklahoma is better enough than Kansas State that if they would have made a couple of mistakes, they would have won the game. <laughs> they made more than a couple of mistakes. Yeah, saying. they made a dozen mistakes. You know, I mean, they made – just think about that third quarter alone when, right. when uh, K-State scores, they go through and out, they fumble a kickoff, they uh, take the field with 12 men on the field – uh, they dropped passes. The, the interception there late in the first half hits Charleston Rambo in the hands. Um, yeah, I mean, if it, if it was a couple of mistakes, oh, you would have been good. But they, you know, Kansas State played a brilliant game, had a great game plan. They, they played Bill Snyder-esque clean football. You Oklahoma put by far its worst performance of the year on the field. You said something interesting whenever we were wrapping up the, the show the broadcast on Saturday. And, and if you missed it, the post game is always available on the podcast at Sooners, uh, Soonersports.com slash podcast in the archives. But you said if 
if you wouldn't have known any better, you would have thought Bill Snyder was on the sidelines for this game because that's how eerily similar this approach has been, not just on Saturday, but Toby threw out their first five, six, seven games of the season. They run the football, they play solid defense, and they beat you with big plays and special mm. teams. That's what they do. That's what Bill Snyder did. That's what yep. Chris Kleiman did. And if you don't recruit, you know, at the highest level in this conference, Kansas State doesn't, that's what you got to do. You got to play clean football, win the execution battle. And for years, Bill Snyder has hung his hat on that. And that's what K-State did on Saturday. Now, you know, OU's had one-off performances. Unfortunately, right. the Iowa State game here, the Texas game, you know, uh, we're going to talk about college football playoff scenarios here in a bit, but... Unfortunately, we've had a lot of years here recently when they've, in the middle of the year, laid an egg. But they, to their credit, Oklahoma, to its credit, has been able to gather itself and play great football. Not just win games, but play great football down the stretch to get themselves back into the college football playoff hunt. Hopefully they can do it again. Which gets us to the bye week. And uh, we spent a little bit more time looking back on Kansas State because I wanted to kind of break down the bye week, and then here's the breakdown. It wasn't much. <laughs> it was very quiet, and understandably so. There was, I think, Lincoln, th the schedule changes just from the perspective of the media schedule. There's no Monday presser. There's no coaches show. There's no assistant coaches show. But Lincoln did a presser on Tuesday, and then they gave the players a chance to go back home. If you watched the, uh, the press conference show, you heard from Kenneth Murray and Jalen Hurts, and they all had a chance to kind of go back home for a couple of days. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a good break, and there wasn't a lot of news. I mean, I guess – Technically, we learned that Kenneth Murray is a semifinalist for the Butkus Award today. He's one of 12. He should be one of about 11, but I'm, I won't get into any problems with guys who have been kicked off teams talking about that right now with the Michigan State semifinalist on huh. there right now. But regardless, uh, it's deserving. He belongs there, and I think he's got a great chance with a big performance on Saturday. With that in mind, Toby, it was very quiet around here for the bye week. I mean, it was... And that's good because, you know, these that's guys good. are focused on themselves. That's good because uh, any news that comes out in a bye week is not going to be good news. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's going to be either somebody's hurt or somebody's run into some trouble. So uh, they're quiet. They are disappointed, mad with how things went down in Manhattan, and they're going about trying to fix it. And uh, they'll do that behind the Crimson Curtain, and we'll see, uh, we'll see the fruits of that labor come Saturday night. Uh, one Injury note, or I guess maybe one injury statement on a couple of players here because I know a lot of people have questions. Lincoln provided an update on Grant Calcaterra, said, you know, we'll, we'll see coming up on Saturday. Same with Delarian Turner-Yell. But you get kind of excited when you start thinking about a defense adding weapons like Jordan Kelly to the interior, and we'll see if he's ready. And then Caleb Kelly, who is a, apparently full go at practice right now. But as Lincoln cautioned, Full go at practice is a much different world than being what ready for What a fascinating storyline, though. Chad and I talked about this in the uh, press conference show today. Um, so you documented you got the four regular season games left. Uh, Caleb Kelly has a red shirt available to him. Uh, you've got potentially a Big 12 championship game and potentially two postseason games. So seven possible games are out there. Anywhere between five and seven games are left to play. So we don't know where Caleb Kelly is right now. He's been cleared to play, so physically he's fine. But um, just as far as being in game shape, you know, being out there and hitting and all that kind of stuff, we don't know where he is. But when he gets ready, the decision to be made on when to bring him back, if to bring him back, is he interested in trying to redshirt this year so he can come back next year? I would assume Oklahoma would be interested in that. Absolutely. Would he, would he rather not? Would he rather – 
go ahead and, and go to the NFL after this year regardless. Uh, all of that factors in. Plus, then if he does want a redshirt, and if you do want to redshirt him, how do you play it there at the end of the year with a potential number of games you have remaining <laughs> versus when to try to bring him back? Do you roll the dice and say, hey, maybe there's two playoff games, so let's save him to the second from last game? Or, or you can't do that, and you not have him for a national championship game potentially. So it is, a, it is a new scenario. I won't say a unique scenario, but it is a new scenario for Oklahoma. Not just that they got a guy coming back healthy that was injured, but a difference maker. I mean, this is a guy that could get out there and be a difference maker for them right. on defense late in the season. But it is a little bit of a Rubik's Cube right now to try to figure out when, how, if, all those options. Yeah, th- again, we can go in depth, but let's hear it. This was Lincoln Riley earlier today providing an update on Caleb and where he is. You said Caleb Kelly was practicing full go with you guys. Do you guys have a position for him yet? Is he playing inside? Is he a brush, nickel? Um, he, could play, he could do a few different things for us. Uh, primary position, certainly still inside linebacker, but... You know, with his experience, you know, playing at different positions, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. And with his potential red shirt, is that just a different situation for you, just considering that his four games could start at Bedlam or, you know, TCU and then run into the playoff? And if, say, you guys make the national championship, you know, potentially burn his red shirt in that game? Yeah, it's, I mean, all, all things that we're considering with it, you know, it's going to be a combination of, you know, keeping the four game deal in mind, but also, like I said earlier, just, you know, when is he ready to, to help this team and go make a difference? So we'll just try to balance all that out the best we can. Thanks, Coach. All right. So you think about it from that perspective. We've got – and it doesn't sound like he's going to play this weekend against Iowa State. you got Baylor next week, which wouldn't be a bad time to break him out. But then you got TCU and Oklahoma State. So those are the four games remaining, two of them at home, two on the road. As Coach just said, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because I think he's a big-time difference maker. I mean, I think he's a guy, if you can get him on the field, can make some plays, well, especially with what we had heard about how he had embraced this new approach. You're down John Michael Terry now for yeah. the rest of the year. So, yeah, it, that will be a weekly storyline to follow. All right, what about Iowa State as we quickly segue to point number three? Meg goes, you're not quickly segueing to anything right now. But <laughs> as we get to point number three, the Iowa State Cyclones come in. They're the only team to have beaten Lincoln Riley inside the Palace on the Prairie here, they did it two years ago in Lincoln's first season. The Sooners, though, did rally and make the four-team playoff that season. And uh, this might be, as far as talent is concerned defensively, coming into the season, one of the better Iowa State teams they've had. But they've had injuries. They've had a couple players not develop. Brock Purdy got a case of the turnovers last week. But they're still a very good football team coming in on Saturday. They're really good. They got hot. Uh, about a month ago and reeled off three straight wins, and you thought, here comes Iowa State. They may make a run to a, Probably should have beaten Baylor, too. Yeah, well, you had a great chance down there in Waco. Um, but kind of laid an egg last time out. They lost at home to Oklahoma State. They've also had a bye week to think about it. So it's going to be tough for them now to get back into the Big 12 championship game picture. Not impossible, but they would have to beat Oklahoma on Saturday to start and probably run the table from there. But Brock Purdy's a nice player. We talked about him already. They got a... a Good running back they have found to replace. Uh, uh, what's the cat from a year ago? David uh, Montgomery. Montgomery was a stud. Brees Hall is this kid's name. He's a nice player as well. But I think it's all about the defense for Iowa State. They, they figured some things out offensively this year to score more points than were expected. But, you know, the defense is what they hang their hat on up there. They're stingy. They play that kind of an odd three-man front where – they keep everything in front of you and rally to the ball, and it's given Oklahoma problems. I mean, 
you know, two years ago, obviously, they beat them here. Last year, OU won up in Ames, but it was a tussle. It wasn't easy. So, Jalen Hurts has seen a whole bunch of football, but this might be a little something different defensively than, than even he's seen before. So, I think how Oklahoma's offense fares is the story on Saturday. If they go up and down the field, uh, Iowa State can't keep up with them. I mean, they can't. They're not going to score with OU. But if Iowa State can, you know, keep it in front, make OU make some mistakes, sprinkle in some punts here and there, then we may look up in the fourth quarter and this is a football game. You know, the wildest thing for me about Iowa State, who, again, is also coming off a bye, they beat or they lost to Oklahoma State 34-27, which dropped them to 3-2 and in conference play this year. They're 5-3 and overall. He's looking back on that stat, uh, on the stat sheet from that game. Did you see how many times Brock Purdy threw the ball against Oklahoma State? Threw the ball like 68 times. I mean, and again, it, it wasn't a situation where they trying to felt, come from behind a little bit. I, it, it, a little bit, I guess, but it was just it was it was one of those kind of odd box scores that I kind of the more I looked at it, the more I wondered. All right, did, did they think they, they they saw something on film or was there a we way to We have not had hardly hardly any games this year when we've had 68 offensive snaps. Yeah, 20, 39 of 62, 382 wow. yards a touchdown. That's a lot. Three interceptions, and he was sacked twice as well, too. So they didn't even try to run the ball. He's, an, he's a nice player, and I think they'll look at that K-State film and try to steal some ideas. But they're, they don't go about things the same way K-State does. And so it would be a major departure for them to just – scrap that way they played offense all year and try to play it the way K-State does it. So I, I think you'll see them try some endover stuff and try to use OU's aggression against them like K-State did. But um, for the most part, they want to run it with Brees Hall. They let Brock Purdy make plays with his arm and with his legs. They're a good, solid football team. You make it, like you said, you make two or three mistakes in this game and all of a sudden and it's in danger. John Acock's done a really nice job with their defense. I believe he's the elder statesman of the Big 12 defensive coordinators. And he's come up with a couple of really nice plans. You'll have some time in the pocket. It's just a matter of what you do with it when the Cyclones come to town on Saturday night. Really good football team. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite reaching that preseason top 25 expectation that people had for them heading into the year. They were ranked in the preseason for the first time, I believe, in school history. Lost to Iowa, hurt him a tight game with Northern Iowa. But still, I mean, they're capable. Yeah. Matt, Matt Campbell's being talked about for NFL jobs. He's yeah. a, heck of a, a heck of a coach. So, anyway, let's move on to our next topic, shall we? And our fourth point before we get to that four-team playoff. Toby, this kind of ties in with the Kansas State recap, but just a very kind of generic way of looking at it. Where do the Sooners need to improve the most over the final four games to not only put themselves in the Big 12 title game, win the Big 12 title game, and create one heck of a discussion on that Sunday after the season wraps up? Well, one thing on each side of the ball. On offense, they've got to run the ball more consistently. They've had some monster days on the ground. They've had some 300, 300 days on the ground. But that really bit them in Manhattan, the inability to run the ball. And not just Jalen Hurts, but from the tailback position as well. They've got to have Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon be impact game-changing type backs like we know that they are. And on defense, it's easy. I mean, it's four straight games. They don't have a takeaway. And this is a team that, that you know, coming into the season said that's what they were going to hang their hat on this year. So they got to get some takeaways on Saturday, not just on Saturday. Down the stretch, November into December in the bowl season, we need to be talking about a flurry of takeaways for OU on defense. If they can do that, football becomes easy for Oklahoma. They're so good on offense that if that defense can start to take the ball away two, three times a game, you can't beat them. Yep. And Brock Purdy gave it away three times two weeks ago 
to Oklahoma State. So he's shown the ability to go ahead and turn it over if necessary. I'll, I'll add a couple more to that just, you know, because I don't think there's much. I, I, I still think I watched a lot of college football on Saturday, and Oklahoma in the first seven games was as good as any team that I saw. Now, granted, Ohio State, Alabama, and LSU had the weekend off, but they look – Again, that one game you hope is an anomaly and there wasn't some blueprint laid out to stop Oklahoma. But I think there needs to be continued development on the left side of the offensive line, specifically at left tackle. And I know Eric Swenson's been battling and Bill Bedenboe's the best offensive line coach in the country. That needs to continue to improve. And then defensively is just – this is impossible. And I know it can't happen. But find some depth in the secondary. You know, Delarian Turner yelled going out. Parnell Motley getting ejected really hurt this team. You know, they, Jordan Parker wasn't on the trip. You had Jaden Davis and you had Trey Brown. And then who was next up at the corner position? So I know that's impossible. Maybe with the bye week they were able to develop some more guys, but that's, that's tough, Toby, whenever yeah. you're this late in the season to try to throw a point out like that. Well, but not impossible. Piedmont will be back, yep. but we don't know about Delarian Turner yet. So. Yeah, uh, Lincoln Riley said it may be a game-time decision. All right, finally, our final point before we get to your questions. The four-team playoff rankings for the first time in 2019 will be debuted on Tuesday night right before the Lincoln Riley Show live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. What's your four-team playoff rankings look like as of, let's see, was we taped this, 1.44 p.m., on a Monday. I think it's I think it's pretty easy. I okay. mean, I think I think in some order it's going to be LSU, Ohio. My order would be LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. Uh, Penn State is the team that perhaps could upset the apple cart there because they're undefeated as well. But I don't think they'll do that to Clemson, the defending national champs. So I think those will be the four teams: LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. Uh, that would be my guess as to what the order would be. And I think OU will be eight or nine in the, uh, in the first ranking. And, and just for comparison, last year, OU in the first ranking was number seven. Uh, two years ago, when they also made the college football playoff, they were number five in the opening ranking. And back in 2015, you know where they were? I do. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cheat, though. They were number 15. <laughs> OU was number 15 in the very first uh, ranking. So I think they are not going to be there. I right. think they'll probably be eight or nine on Tuesday night. 2014, the year Ohio State made the 14 playoff, they opened the first playoff rankings at 16. Wow. So it's not wow. insurmountable when you're down in that teen range. just hasn't happened very often. I think they are going to put Penn State in the top. Oh, yeah? Instead really of? Do. Instead of Clemson. Wow. I, I think that uh, – I have no problem with that based on merit. And, and I'll tell I you mean, what, this, yeah. is, this is theory only. I think you're going to see Minnesota and Baylor relatively low. And I think they're going to dock them for bad non-conference schedules. I really do. That's been a big deal with this 14 playoff. Is committee. Baylor ahead of Oklahoma? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think. I think Rice, UTSA, and Texas Southern. I mean, I, I Yeah, just, but they have zero losses. That is true. Yeah. Uh, let me. Yes, they are still undefeated, so that matters. <laughs> Same with Minnesota, too, but Minnesota's got a big one coming up this weekend against, what, Penn State. All right, so let's get to your questions because that's what this is all about. That's why we do this live. We'll all find out about the 14 playoff rankings live on Tuesday night. All right, this is uh, from Vince who wants to know, how did this past week's Big 12 results impact our playoff chase, assuming we went out? Well, I mean, I, we want Kansas State to win every game, right? Yeah, I think it, it helped. You want Baylor to be undefeated when OU goes to Waco, and you want Kansas State to win out from here on. And both of those things happened this week. Now, it would have been better if Baylor had looked dominant. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They squeaked by 17-14 over West Virginia. 
But the important thing there was that they didn't lose the game. Sorry, I so, dropped my microphone. Uh, that helped. And Kansas State looking good the week after they beat Oklahoma, perception-wise, helped a little as well. So I think the best scenario here, in my opinion, the best scenario is OU beats a top-10 Baylor in a couple of weeks. Wins out. Right. Beats a top-10 Baylor in a couple of weeks. And then they're either going to get Baylor or Kansas State in all likelihood in the Big 12 championship game. I would prefer they play Kansas State. I think it looks better if they avenge their only loss. I agree. But it's going to be pretty hard for K-State to get into that game. Baylor would have to suffer three losses to fall behind them. Not impossible that that could happen, but unlikely. See, Baylor has they have a game against Texas, they have TCU, and they have Oklahoma. Yeah. And they and go Kansas. to Kansas. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. It's, it's possible. It's not, it's not impossible, but it is a long shot. All right, the next question is a good one. It's about Parnell Motley. Will Coach Riley keep Motley, Parnell Motley, P. Mott, D.C. Island, out of the Iowa State game as punishment for the ejection? Randy George going all in. I don't think so. No, I think he has he paid his punishment by missing three-fourths of that football game the other day. My guess is no. If there was any further punishment, it probably took place in practice, and you'll see Parnell Motley on Saturday. That, that's just my guess. Right, and, and we don't know. We'll ask Lincoln about it tomorrow night during the coaches' show live. Look at me. I'm on the show tomorrow night, so suddenly I plug it like crazy. <laughs> Sorry. When you're there, it's like, ah, some, some show you can download on the podcast. But we'll be at Rudy's tomorrow night. Uh, it was interesting because I, I was going back over some of the tape, and I remember that play before he got booted. He had a little back and forth, and there had been a lot of jawing between their wide receivers and RDBs. And the side judge and the line judge came up to Motley and said something to him. I mean, I couldn't read lips that far away, but it was obvious. It was, hey, calm down. You know, you're going to get a flag or worse. And I'm not kidding, Toby. The very next play was when he got booted. So, you know, he's got to be smarter than that. He's yeah. a senior. He's a guy that's been here for a while. He's played a lot of football. So, Jawing I, I, I between wide receivers and defensive backs is not yeah, new in no, the sport of it, football. It, nothing yeah. new. You just got to stay calm. All right, our final question before we wrap up the Live Sooner Sports Podcast. Why? Why or for what reason has Lincoln gone away from the running backs as of late? Can I, can I give you the Jalen yeah, Hurts answer real yeah. quick? Uh, execute the play that's called. That's, that's what Jalen Hurts said during the uh, presser today when he met with the media. So I don't necessarily know that he's gone away. Some of those are reads, I would assume, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's zone reads in there that uh, Jalen keeps it instead of handing it. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for this question. I, I don't think that... I think there are some quizzical turns that took place in the middle of this season with the running back position. Uh, Trey quizzical. Sermon. I'm using that. Uh, Trey Sermon kind of just fell off the map there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all raving about Ramondre Stevenson, and he has disappeared from really the game plan. And Kennedy Brooks has become their preferred back since the Texas game and played well until Kansas State, to his credit. So. It, it's interesting. I don't have a good answer for you as to, you know, why they only ran the ball. Was it six carries for Brooks and Sermon combined, I think, in, in Manhattan? Now, they were behind, and they were mm -hmm. throwing the ball to catch up and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm guessing that, especially against a three-man front that Iowa State employs a lot, and because Oklahoma wants to be a balanced football team, is determined to be a balanced football team, that you're going to see them lean on the run Saturday. That's think, my guess. I think and you're right. The combo of Brooks and Sermon, or maybe even Ramondre Stevenson, 
we look up at the end of the night and they've got some impressive numbers. We'll see you guys Saturday night, 7 o'clock kick. Toby and I will be on the air with the Sooner Radio Network at 5 p.m. Game day at 10 a.m. Have a great game day week for Meg and for Tilly and Toby. I'm Chris Plank. We'll see you next Monday. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.